Hello? Yeah, you got me? I got you. All right, let's try this for a little bit. Let's see if this works. <laughs> this is so odd. Yo, this is Jay Cuts Fresh. You're checking out the Barber Life Podcast. This is for all barbers, no matter your age, race, or status. Barber Life. So, hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking in. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today's guest is my man, Seth. You might know him as S. Grace. He is a uh, hip-hop producer extraordinaire, uh, one of my favorite producers, one of my favorite people. Um, I've been cutting this man's hair since he was 15 years old. And uh, how old are you now? I said 33 before, but uh, I'm going to say 29. All right, sounds good. So you're 20, <laughs> somewhere in that 29 to 33 range. Yeah, so 15 um, to 18 years. I've been cutting your hair. I've been knowing you for like more than half your life, man. Exactly so that's what I was going to say. It's it's pretty incredible. And and to my youngins out there in the game, the barbers out there in the game, this is what it's about right here. This to me, and I feel as though it should be like this for everybody, the connections that you make with other human beings and the way you can impact somebody's life. So... I've been cutting your hair through thick and thin, man. You've had all different issues as anybody does in life. You know, the, the death of your father, all these things are coming to mind. Bro, you were here the day, came to my house, came to my house after working a full day in Malden. The day my father died with family showing up and stuff. No, didn't like feel like, oh, my God, why this would be the worst thing anyone would want to do. Still showed up, talked to everybody. You know, I was like, Jesus Christ, the balls on this guy. Like, <laughs> and like, just like the dedication and being such a good friend. Like, I will never forget that as long as I live. Uh, it's nothing for me, man. It's what I do. So I'm glad you appreciate it. That's good. You know, Dude, so even my family still remembers that. Like, it's, you know, that's a big deal. That's, uh, I mean, this is, the, I'm a barber, man. Like, I'm involved. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I've been the way I look at it is I'm around for people's, you know, their ring dance or whatever the cotillion is when they're in tenth grade and then their proms and then going off to college and then getting married and every wake, every funeral, every holiday. Yeah, man. It's all I was... associated with getting a fresh cut. And if you're into being fresh, which we are, um, you know, so it it uh it transcends. It transcends. It's way more than a haircut. I was I was thinking about that. Because, like, the more, like, the years went on, like, it just seems like such a great profession because it's an art, obviously, which is something me and you both, like, kind of live for. And it's just, it's amazing thinking about it, like, because you're not just, you get to know people for, you know, however many years, like, you see them every couple weeks or so for you know the foreseeable future like you see them through whatever's going on and you're such a like nice guy to every customer like i've never seen a barbershop where every guy that walks in the door gets a hey how you doing you know like just like and everybody's taught to act that way all the guys are great and it's just like i've been to a lot of barbershops and you own and operate the best barbershop i've ever come in contact with or ever seen in my life it's beautiful thank you man i appreciate it because i aim high you know i'm I'm very happy today actually i just had a new guy start 
Oh, really? Another one? Yeah. Yeah, because I've been having like, been like a plateau of, of like employment, <laughs> you know, and it's been driving me crazy. So it's been a year since I did that renovation and knocked that wall out and opened up that back room. And I had I had five barbers then, and I wanted to add no, I had six, right? Yeah, I had six, and then I added one more, so I had seven, and I was looking for that eighth, and then I then I had to let go of a guy, so now I'm back down to six, and then a guy quit, so I'm back down to five, and then I got a then I who quit? Then I hired two more guys like September and then January. And then that was like, all right, so now I'm back up to seven. And then I had the eighth guy going, and then he just quit, like, right before the 4th of July. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then now, I don't know if you saw, but my man Nick is, is going to be opening his own shop. What? Nick with yeah. the cats, the big dude? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's a real great guy, too. I like Oh, he's, he's top-notch, but he's, he's a great top- dude. Yeah, yeah, man. So, I mean, it was only natural for him to open his own shop. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, think- man. Anytime that happens, there's sort of an awkwardness with the clientele. And so he and I got together right when I got back from my vacation and just came up with the best way to put it out to the to the masses. Like, this is a decision that he made for his him and his family, and I support it 100. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I remember when you, before you started your own shop, and you were at your Perfect Styles for forever. Yeah. And, yeah, that's crazy, man. How old is he? Because he seems like a young dude. He just turned 30. Oh, my God, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I mean, I was 31 when I bounced, and, you know, I mean, it makes sense, man. It make, I get it. I get it. Um, so so he's leaving. So I just hired another guy to take that eighth chair, and, and then I got a guy backing up. When Nick, he's going to – this other guy that I've been talking to, he's going to be – his actually, his name's Seth, too, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my God, another Seth. Yeah, in the world. Wow. So, so he's going to be starting – He's gonna be done with school right as Nick is is transitioning to his own shop. So, when's he doing that? Uh, October ish. Oh, okay. Know? It's hard to tell with the to get the inspections done and 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 to get the state board to sign off and to get all that stuff going. Um, you know, it's funny. He's like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about it. Then I listened to your podcast about how to open a shop and becoming an owner and. And man, I just decided to do it. I was like, <laughs> oh, like wow, that's crazy. That's, that's beautiful. So it's bittersweet, right? Because yeah. I'm losing like a great, great, great guy to work next to. Yeah, he's a real sweet dude, man. Like, yeah. he's just like kind of like you in that sense that like he's just just a super nice guy. He's good at what he does, and his customers seem to really, you know, really like him. So that's yeah. good for him. Is it is it going to be in the same general area or? It's about 25, 20, 25 minutes away. Oh, that's not bad. Depending then. on which route and traffic and all that stuff. So He's going to have his own, like, you know, he's, I'm sure he's not taking that much of your, you know, business. I mean. Yeah, no, it does. Exactly. It doesn't even work like that. Like, I'm, I got my own clientele. I can barely handle that. I'm booked up. People have started going to my new guys because, like, I, I can't get in with you, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I know, man. I'm sorry. You got to have to I, schedule, I, like, three weeks ahead. I had the the schedule messed up, and I know you had a vacation. I'm coming in Friday because I'm off because I'm going to show and going away this weekend, 
And Ryan is actually on schedule to cut my hair on Friday, and you're yeah. probably be in the shop. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. that's a first. Like it's crazy. Yeah, but that's that's all good. That's how it goes. Like it's a, it's actually like for everybody out there that ever listens to this, it should be a compliment to you if you're a shop owner that the people that you used to cut don't mind or actually want to go to your barbers. Yeah, that, that means one, they trust your decision to have them there. Two, you train those barbers well, especially like you said, like Ryan Lace did a couple times. I knew he would, and so you know you can go to him no matter what. You oh, know, and like, obviously I trusted you, and I'm like, but at the same time, like not many people have cut my hair like in the you know since I've been an adult. So I'm pretty like skeptical about anybody. But when you said it, I was like. Yeah, definitely. And then the first time he cut my hair, he just killed it. And I was like, all right, I have another dude I can go to. And yeah. it's, you know, due to my man being a good, you know, owner operator. You're a real good businessman on top of all that. And like, you know, always keeping track of the the ratings and all that. And like, that's just smart present day business. And that's, you know, super important. I appreciate it, man. I'm trying. I'm definitely making a transition from you know, being a guy who owns a business to being an entrepreneur. That's that's the goal. And I'm not, I'll be the first one to say, I'm not really an entrepreneur. I don't think of how to create a system to make money that I'm going to be able to step away from. Like, I just want to be in the trenches doing the work my whole life. You know what I mean? I just, I've been yeah. slowly changing what the work looks like. Um, yeah, that's what I'm like, too. I mean, I just like to do the work, but I mean regardless of education or this or that, like just thinking of doing a job, a career that makes you happy. And like, it just seems like a great career. And like, you just get to, I miss working with a bunch of dudes as weird as, you know, even though it's nice to look at the ladies in the office, like mm-hmm. when I worked at the body shop in college, I mean, I just miss working with a bunch of dudes hanging out all day. Yeah. And a barber shop <laughs> is like that. It's like you're chilling with the guys all day. That's it, man. You get a lot of guy time. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. When I first opened it, it was just me. I, I missed that. That's like, yeah. man, I, I would just call Greg out randomly. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I remember what it was like at Perfect Style, just, you know, people talking shit. And, like, I'd come in on Saturdays and Trish would be in there arguing with, uh, <laughs> with James and everything. Oh, yeah. What forever. It's the greatest. Forever. That was a that was an argument that never began and never ended. It was just yeah, like it's still going on somewhere. It was like oxygen. It just is there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So we always connected on music. I remember cutting your hair and um that guy Sal. Salvi. And and talking to him and you about hip hop and you know, you you being younger cats. But you were both very excited about the new Master Ace album. Or <laughs> I think it was the Disposable Arts album. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Long Hot Summer. Long oh, Long Hot Summer just came out then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, what did you say? Like, you're like, <laughs> what do you know about Master Ace? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disposable you didn't know Arts. we were sitting on Chrome, bro. Well, that's the thing. Like, I I just didn't know. One thing I miss about that area, there's a thousand things I miss about the area. But one of the main things is that the people that liked hip hop, they all did the history. Yeah, man. That was bizarre. That was bizarre to see guys your age being really into Premiere, like being able to name like tracks from the artifacts and be able to like you know what I mean? Be like see you seen juice. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Yeah. Like, like the stuff you know, I grew up on. 
my brain works like I'm an encyclopedia of anything that I'm interested in. Like I could tell you the whether it's the cinematographer on any Kubrick film or anything in the seventies or like who produced any 1994 through 2010 hip hop song. Like, yeah. <laughs> just how my brain works. Yeah. Now, that was so interesting to me. So we started, we started vibing. Sal was making music with Naughty. Rest in peace to the, Rest most, in peace. the most talented person I've ever met in person. Yeah, I love that kid so much, man. Uh, he, was, he was the best. And that was the the hardest. You know my area, man. And you know, like, the people that, like, I've, you know, been close with. That was the hardest out of all the people, friends that died. I mean, yeah. it wasn't right after my father. But, I mean, that kid was just so talented. And it was just every time you got to hang out with him, it was like a gift. Yeah, and I felt that before I even knew he was on on in that alley that he was in. You know what I mean? Like I just he used to call me up just to say what's up. It was just like what's up? (laughs) You know, like a genuinely like really nice, sensitive dude under everything. Yeah, yeah, was that sucked? But I want to get all sad. no, but, but I but wanted they, to bring up the dude. You know how you you said, and we used to talk about like people like Nas and everything. Like the best rappers were always like had their best verses on other people's tracks. Yeah. I was thinking about your verse on the the album Salon Naughty did, and how that yeah. was. I remember listening to that with Frank, like uh, going down to Bridgewater, like on repeat, just like. That, <laughs> Well, like one of our favorite verses ever. That's one of my best verses ever. Oh, you sound like an animal on that thing. I, so that that my conclusion about my rap career in general is that I'm a verse killer. I'm not a song writer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, that's like the great uh, album between me and you that started died before it started and morphed into as we were recording that first like time I was the first time I met speak which turned into eventually me and him making an album together but just the way you were a verse guy and I always had an ear for putting songs together it, it would have been the great like the greatest album if we ever did a full gangstar type album together yeah some someday, man. I we'll do I, it I, when our when our fifties or something. Uh, dude, I don't know. Last night I had a, I had a moment with those verses. Like, oh my god, I didn't listen to them. Th- that's oh, all right. Check them out. Listen, they're not good. Oh. Listen, they're not. Like I said, they're okay at best, but they felt amazing to record. So I'll just give the peeps a little, all the people listening, a little background. You told me about. In fact, all right, jeez, I didn't even get into this. Let me rewind a second. My man Seth right here is the one who produced my new intro. So yes. if you listen to the last episode, that intro is produced by this guy right here. So um, the the beginning vocals on that, he had me record on the Take. app called Take. Yeah. So yeah, last night, I was having a bad night. I was so yeah. angry at basically nothing. And when I get angry, I go to the basement. I I I, I love the basement. This is where I belong. I've since I, my every house my parents own, I spent time in the basement. I'm in my basement right now. I make beats here. I make videos here. I think here. I drink and smoke here. You know, this is what I do. And so last night, I I, 
I drank one beer and I'm like feeling I'm like that went down like water. I'm gonna have another beer and then I'm not really paying attention. I got all these craft beers that people bring me at the shop. They're all like eight percent like alcohol. So <laughs> I had like two and a half beers. I'm like cocks. I'm like oh my god because I barely drink at all. You know what I mean? Like I I I really don't drink that much anymore. So I'm like oh okay. So I wanted to rap. I've been listening to that new El Camino joint, man. I don't know if you know El Camino at all, but. Uh-huh. One of those Buffalo cats. He's he's not on Griselda, but he's oh, he's like a part of that crew, sort of. Oh, okay. Just a great album he just put out Friday. It's ridiculous. It's called, uh, I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> I'm really it bad at that, but listen to that, just vibing to it. I'm like, started doing freestyling over the beats a little bit while I was cleaning up the garage and stuff. I'm like, all right, let's see, I'm grabbing this app. And that's uh, so why I recorded a couple of verses, man. And bro, talking about a $2,000 mic. I spent so much money in like 2000, 2003, four, somewhere around there, to make songs sound like they sounded just right last Dude, night on my phone in the basement. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, it it's so frustrating. It, I mean, it's incredible, but it's so frustrating because I'm like, bro, like, I, <laughs> I'm not gonna buy anything until I can do it on my phone. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just not Dude. gonna. Like, it's, I want to do podcast two years ago, but until I could do it on my phone, I wouldn't do it, you know? It's literally, like, made to record vocals specifically off of, like, the iPod, like, the iPhone headphone, like, you know, with the the microphone that comes on your headphones or, like, the wireless headphones. Right. It's crazy, man. It's the new chips and, like, the iPhones that, like... It like it blew my mind the first time like I got the the vocals on my computer and actually listened to them I was like wow <laughs> it's just insane like the podcast sound good but like take you can make it sound like you know you can sing into your phone and like it, it sounds like you were you can like master it in take you can put effects on it's, it's ridiculous yeah so I'm gonna have to make a little song on my own time because I can and. uh to figure out how you can upload a beat to that so I can use it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, but I mean, I no, you know what you can do. I might figured, be able to bring your own beats in. I don't know. I can figure this out. I figured this out. So if, you, if say you had a beat of mine in uh, in your head, and I tell you what the BPM is, intake, you can just pull up a beat and change the BPM to whatever you want it to, you know, be on beat for. Mm-hmm. and just record your verse to that, send it over to me, I throw it on top of the beat, and that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, might, we, might, we might could do that. We might could do that. That might be good. Yeah, man. All right. So, yeah, so that was felt phenomenal to just rip a verse. I mean, I rap almost every day in my car just to myself, but it was like a different thing to get on a beat and actually hear it and listen to it back. And my wife comes downstairs, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, I'm drunk. <laughs> she's like, how, yeah. Honestly, how does she feel like about like? I mean, she's been around forever. Like, how does she feel about your you as a rapper? Like, is she like just completely not into it? Like, or is she like, yeah, this is something my husband does? Like, is she like, no, like encouraging? Like, I was always curious about. Yeah. That. Um, I don't really know how she feels about it now. I think back then she was kind of like, should I get off the pot? You know, my wife's always been my clearest mirror, man, which is the main reason I married her. You know, that and she's smoke show. But <laughs> <laughs> she's she has a way of 
calling out the best version of Jake, you know? No, that's and, well said. And so she, I think when I was making music, really, realistically, I don't think, I know, I didn't even believe in myself. Like, I knew I was a good rapper, and that's all I knew, and I didn't know how to make songs. I didn't know how to make verses on other people's stuff. I didn't know how to network. I didn't know how to do a lot of things, man. You know, I made a lot of music, and, and I'm proud of all of it. But when I really look back, it was like, please notice me versus this is what I do. I hope you like it. If not, then, you know, no problem. You know, I, feel, um, I think I think everybody feels like that to an extent, because I listen to a lot of like our old stuff like yesterday and like even like that. No boots, no hats thing with you be you and speak mm-hmm. and like the they had some really old beats of mine. And I was like cringing in the like the car listening to I was like, oof. <laughs> God, this is brutal. But then that song that uh, we did for the Oxymoron soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Notoriety came on. And that's that's a great jam, man. That That's just a great song. That, see, that's a good sign. I only got one verse on it. You know what I mean? Like, the best three songs I ever recorded, in my opinion, it, that are actual songs with hooks, beginnings, and ends, is that... Um, the um the one where I produced the beats called Mighty Blue and I put it on that this guy yep. rap EP yeah um that's one of my favorite songs because I was just literally just that most of that was pretty much a freestyle that I recorded wrote down and added some stuff you know what I mean mm-hmm. um I was just chilling and feeling it in my studio bedroom apartment thing I made <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh and then, and then and my my top favorite song still is um. Off the very first release, it's called Just Ain't Right. And it's a G squared beat. And I fast paced one. It's like, yeah, a little bit. It's it's pretty fast for what I for what I usually do. Jazzy. I got the girl singing on it. Oh and I wrote that hook. I wrote the the tune of it, the pitch of it, all of it. I couldn't do it. I had to like translate it to her and she did it. Okay. But I wrote all of it and it's like I can't believe you want to leave me after all this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you wrong thing that I won't be here when you... So that that still is like... That's a very potent, heady, like mature song for where I was at in life. And that's just one of those songs where I just feel like God just gave it to me. You know what, Yo, I mean? what, what about the He's Gone song that never yeah, got released? I know. That was amazing. Like that, that was a, that was a pretty good song. Too, that was actually. on track to be like an amazing song. Like, yeah, I, I had a video people, and they were like, "Whoa!" Yeah, see, that's that's another thing, Seth. Man, this is what pisses me off about myself, and this is why Alicia. I think she would support me in my music if I really was yeah, yeah, yeah about it. Like when I talk about the shop and how I am, like I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and then I do it. She loves it. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And like, she doesn't give a shit how much money I make doing it. She's just happy that I'm doing, for one, what I say I'm going to do. Two, that I'm doing something that does bring in the bacon. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Because ultimately, she wants to feel taken care of and safe. Now, she's a tycoon. She makes her own money. She literally could leave me tomorrow and be straighter than straight. Like, she doesn't need me for anything financially. Like, she probably makes two and a half to three more times more money than I do in a week. Um, Jeez, wow, that's surprising. But I mean, I'm yeah. sure that's beautiful, though, that you guys would both like be doing fine, like on your own. And... Oh, without question. Yeah, it's great. I only bring it up because she's not with me because I make money and I have a successful barbershop, obviously. But... You're too smart to have married someone that <laughs> that was like that. Right. 
But what, what, what I'm saying is that she likes to see the plan, see the plan unfold and see me take action around the words that I had created to get her so excited. Right. Of course. That, that's it. So I think with my music, she was like, yeah, that's cool. If you're going to actually do it, because during that stage, really until Gavin was born, I was just a, a professional half-asser. Like, yeah, I say re- about being a parent that really lights a fire under your ass that like, you know, things become from, I mean, I got best friends that have kids and it just, I don't know, as a man, I guess it just kind of like will light a fire that like, you know, will snap your priorities straight. I mean, hopefully like, and you just, you know, you get a clear vision about what you need to do, what you need to finish, what's most important, all that good stuff. Yeah. And and I think even then I didn't know what I needed to fix, but I know I needed to fix something in myself. And then I always talk about that men's weekend, the Sterling men's weekend. When I did that, that's when I realized how far, like I actually could see the target yeah, and, and how far away I was from it. And at first it was disparaging and sort of like, oh my God, I'm so far away from where I want to be. But then it was kind of like, well, yo, I, I see the map. I got the GPS. All I got to do is do the work. And things changed drastically now. She's not a huge fan of the men's weekend and we were not in a good place when I went to it. So it still brings up a lot of sore feelings and I, I feel badly about that. But I think that she knows that for whatever reason, I needed that kick to become the best version of myself for my, you know, for me to grab the reins, for me to be the engine doing it and not her kind of complaining in, me into that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not so, to get off uh, topic, but you know how I, I have an autoimmune disorder that, like, will only flare up if, like, I'm under, like, some kind of stress that's so extreme, like, it's my body screaming at me, you need to change your life now, kind of thing. Yeah. So, October and November of this year, after years and years of remission, I got, like, two back-to-back, like, horrible, horrible, horrible relapses where I was so in so much pain and so sick. And I realized how miserable I was at my job. And I was like, I need to move on like immediately because I didn't even realize how miserable I was. So and I had talked to people that, you know, said they tried for a year to get a new job. But I just kept going on interview and interview and interview and just like, you know, I made it such a priority by mid-February. I started at my new company and, you know, now it's like sky's the limit as far as how far i can take it and i'm in a much better place professionally and you know my body has to literally tell me through uh eating itself to move move <laughs> forward but i guess you can equivalent that to a men's uh retreat so i'd rather do that than go through that again <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean when somebody holds up a mirror for you out of in a caring way like here's where you're going wrong and i'm only telling you this so you can become better and I want you to become better because I love you. You know what I mean? Like when you, when you get to that point with somebody, it's, it's pretty amazing. And realistically, that's what I try to do with every client. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Get, get just to bring it back to that barber life context. Like that's all I want to do is just help you become better. You know what I mean? Well, but it, I've never well, met a human being that is better at it than you. Like never, judgmental ever never in a negative way but always you know there to listen and help 
in any way possible. Like another thing, not to get off topic, when I was no, having go for panic it. attacks for the first time, and Ooh. one of my triggers was the barber chair, like places you can't get up and leave. You like gave me without knowing it cognitive behavioral therapy and eased me back into being comfortable in a barber chair. Which oh is just, yeah, I remember that, that dude. You, yeah, like, yeah. You, you cut me at your house for a while, then it was at the shop at the end of the day when it was closed. Like, yeah. and now, like, I don't even think about it. And that's another thing. That's all thanks <clears throat> to you. Man, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, because I yeah I started cutting at your house a little bit, and then I would yeah I remember that, and then you would come out the frame here, and we'd do you know do that, do some music, whatever. And yeah, I remember that, man. I forgot about it. Dude, that's another huge thing I'll never forget. Like, you know, it's when you have with people, anyone that gets anxious in their life thinks they've had panic attacks. When you actually have a panic attack, you think you're dying and like hyperventilate and it changes your life. Like, you realize your body can do this to you and you have no control over it. Mm. It's terrifying. And, like, you know, the fact that you can be cured either by, you know, some kind of treatment or apparently a good friend that'll you know help you out and like you said that's what you try to do for all your people and i don't even think about it anymore yeah that's huge man this this is turning into a uh uh, jake is awesome podcast (laughs) which i don't hate i'm gonna be honest with you this is uh no i appreciate that man look i mean here's how i roll And, and you know, I don't get into faith much on this thing because I don't. I think it's too poignant, and I think it puts people off. But yeah. I've I have a relationship with God. It's my own version of it, and I really feel that God loves me for no reason. I'm not a I, the amount of crap that I did when my when I was younger, you know, and I and I still feel loved. Is like, all right, well, if if I'm okay to Him the way I was, then anybody should be okay to me the way they are. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? I don't know if that lands right. No, but... I, think, I think I got it just at the end. But, I mean, I think everybody, I mean, everybody's a human being built in his image in whatever image that might be. So, I mean, human beings fuck up. It's the bottom line. Yeah. And, I mean, it, you're, I mean, like, why would you think it would be any different? Like, yeah. God loves everybody equally, no matter who their God is. So, right. So if I if I can, if I can, if I'm lovable, the way that I was, then anybody is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that, and that's the way I look at it. So that's my mission here, and that's that's uh, you know, it's good, it's good. So. So let's talk about let, let me just do a quick timeline for the people. So I meet you, you're fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, you guys decided to make music. Sal and Nordy are making the Sal and Nordy project. Uh Ill Defined was the name of the group. What uh, the I, world needs now was the album. Yep. That was that was that was pretty incredible for, you know, the time that it came out and it was such a local project. I mean, anybody who has it probably came to that barbershop or like we all hung out at some point but Dude, it, they made the whole thing on cool edit like yeah. <laughs> let's let's put it like that yeah so if anybody doesn't know what that is basically that's the equivalent <laughs> that's the equivalent of doing two sticks so right so if you're a barber that's like you got to go cut chris weber's hair 
and all you got is uh, a beard trim, like a like a Remington beard trimmer, and um, blowtorch, some, some Walmart clippers, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and a blowtorch. That's all you got, and you got to and, and you make them look fresh to death for Crazy. TNT. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's the equivalent. So, um, then then all of a sudden you start sending me emails about you making beats. Dude, what breaks my heart is is it was after you made your album. Like I I, I could have had a track on like the album you sunk money into, worked on for years, and <laughs> I just I missed the cut. Like I told you yesterday, I I remember listening to Beat Dreams like on repeat before I even made beats, going back and forth to school. Right. That was uh, I still love a lot of that project. I, I listened oh. to it. Um. When I was Maybe. in the car with my kids for 10 hours, I was like, hey, we're going to listen to some hip-hop. I'm going to put my music on because I know there's no swearing in it. <laughs> you know? Dude, that's a great album, man. That, uh-huh. I, the, on my YouTube page, the uh, What's the Deal Really and uh, what's it called? Like, uh, it's the G-squared beat with the yeah, every day, day with, yeah, every with the day. super uh, uh, group home track. Yep. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, that's why I did that too. Like back to back, it was like the group home track, and then it was like every day was like the interlude, and then he yep. used the interlude to make that beat. And yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you started sending me beats, and they were okay. I'm like, that's pretty good. And then you sent me that real hardcore beat, and, and I'm I like, hate that. Yeah. I know you hate it, but that was so <laughs> good for the time. I'm like, you made this? <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, yeah. I'm like, like you made it? Like, what'd you make it on? Like, did you loop something, or did you? No, no, I made it. I made like, you... who did the cuts? I did. Like. I'm sorry. Who did I? Is this Seth? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, because you you were making these sort of cookie cutter, like loopy, fruity loop beats, and then you hit me with that that had like had a bridge and like a beginning, a middle, and an end, and like the cuts were nasty. I'm like, uh, okay, can I have this beat? And you're like, yep. I'm like, holy shit, this is gonna be great. You know, like, and then and that, quickly, I hated that beat, and like, oh, I know. Jumped it's, a few leaps of stairs above that. Yeah, you, and and I think you even, you know, you you always like every year you hit like this new. Oh, I figured this out and I started doing this, and I just like it sounds better when that. And you always, you know, you're a student of whatever you're doing. Like you said, you're an encyclopedia of whatever you're interested in, so you know you're gonna go all in. Yeah, the, I have a few. I have a few specialties when it comes to music. It's like transitions. It's like making a beat sound interesting for like two minutes, and you know, bass lines and, you know, just knowing when something ain't right are my three specialties. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why if people listen to the full version of the intro to this podcast on my SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash sgrace, listen to the full version, it doesn't get boring. You can listen to a two-minute track, instrumental, and that's my goal. My next goal is to make like an eight to 10 track beat tape where every beat sounds completely different and just is like listening to a classical record where it's just, they can go anywhere and just be interesting for the entire length of the song. How cool is that? How, how much of a metaphor is that for like everything? You know what I mean? Like how much like, like that's, that's all I want out of life is like a beat that doesn't get boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. I just want to, I want to hear the same, like, like my marriage, I want it to be the same every day without getting boring. Like I want like strong, strong, you know, roots in unity inside of this thing. And that's what I want for my business. And that's what I want for my children. And, you know, it's like, 
That's why music is so powerful to me, man. So I think you should. I so now you put that on record. So now you're gonna have to do it. It's happening. All right, it's good. Because I've been saying that for like ten years. It's happened. No, but what was? It's been like what two months where I actually made two beats I liked. So it's happening. Yeah. Once the once the gates break, that's when it happens. But the flood. Let's. Th- we were talking about Primo. I mean, let's be honest. He may be. He may have produced more songs that we love and want to listen to than anyone alive, but. If you're going to to listen to an instrumental hip-hop album, are you going to go DJ Premier or are you going to go Pete Rock and get serious? Yeah, Pete Rock. Well, I'm going to go grammatic. Oh, yeah. Pete Rock. I'm talking 04 Pete Rock. All right. Well, no, I know I hear you, but if I'm just picking up a beat CD, I don't even like the producers that I like that produce hip-hop. That's weird. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like... You know what? That's a good point. Like, because, like, I'm like that, too. Like, I'd rather listen to a croupy tape than, like, a... You know, like a lot of like the big producers beat tapes. Yeah, like Lord Finesse put out like this is almost not to sound like sacrilege, but he put out like the I Awakening or whatever. Yeah. Like the it's like a reimagined beats from the Awakening. Like he used the same samples but hooked them different. Oof. And I'm like, yeah, that's so, like if you're not gonna rap on, it, I kind of don't want to hear it, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I, I was it, so disappointed when Grammatic like started like strictly doing EDM, and I know that's like where the money is now. But like, dude, those Street Bangers albums, like, yeah, Volume Two is probably my favorite instrumental hip hop album ever. It's really good. I I'll say, and I know you don't, I know you're not a huge fan, but I I'll say that that Apollo Brown, that Clouds album. Oh uh, no, that was great. That I was listened really to that great. a lot. That like that's re- because that was I could rap one. on every single one of those tracks, and they just didn't get boring. And he he would cut them just fast enough too, with if they even resembled something more but yeah i hate i, I love Premier's nothing album. but loops and i i love apollo brown that's what made me know who he was but it's just after a while to me he sounded formulaic and he had the same like side chain like attack like samples coming in like fade again and just like yeah. i don't know it just sounded like loopy and formulaic and i if something gets too much of a formula that's when i kind of tune out but yeah how about that, that. Clouds was dope. That was my favorite. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, man. I can't think of my favorite. I've been listening to a lot of it too, but um, listened to a lot of the Delhi lately, and um, oh the the the, um, what's the one? Oh, you gave it to me. The the they made a hip hop one like crates and something. Uh. Hippie sabotage. Hippie, oh yeah, yeah. Hippie sabotage. What was the one you gave me with the? With, it was like fruit and the crates. Or... Oh, vo- uh, volume two. That's all it's called. I think it's just called volume two. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was called like lemons and limes or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. I might be but... wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's fun. That's the one with the the I stole a car and I drove it too far. And... Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, that's that's a dope album. Yeah, that was crazy. So anyway, but yeah, so we so we started making music. Um, at that point I was really getting serious with Alicia and get, working on getting married and I kind of didn't really make that much music. I just did it here or there. And then when I had Gavin and I had the shop, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do one more hip hop album. And you gave me a ton of beats and I made a ton of good stuff and I never put it out. And I'm sad to say that I don't even know where it is on my computer. I can't find it. I, I know, know if it man. slipped into a random folder somehow when I was just leaning on my keyboard, but Literally everything I ever recorded was in this one folder, 
Yeah. I should have backed it up onto something else, but I didn't. So it's I don't know where it is. It, it, I mean, it, it couldn't have left my hard my hard drive. There's no way I could have erased it off my hard drive. But there's like 180 folders in there, man. I can't with subfolders. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, there was I, there was some bangers too that like we was saving. Like there was a couple beats in particular. I was like, all right, this beat's going to be so good. Like, I'm saving this for when I get my own project, and I've lost them, too, so I know how that feels. But, yeah, there was some really good tracks that we had lined up, too. That that's that sucks. I like that um that diss track I did against myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, over the Detroit. There was an interlude yeah. beat I was going to throw away. And it... <laughs> yeah, I like all those ones you're like, nah, it's an interlude. I'm like, nah, I want it. Um, so... So you got, so we got to that point, and then after I just decided I was just not going to make music, I was going to focus fully on the business. And I don't know what the decision was. If I was just like, I don't know, I don't think I even called him. I was like, I'm not making music anymore. I think I just decided like it's not important right now, so I don't have time for it. When it's important again to me, I'll make time for it. And then I just went. I think it's probably around the time I did that weekend, men's week. I was like, well. Let me see. I only got. You ever um hear that book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? Dude, I have the book and the audio book version, and I, I'm I'm reading David Lynch's book right now. But that's on my list next. Yeah, you should read it next because it it basically you only have so many fucks to give, right? Yeah. So you gotta be careful what you give them to. You know, like I, I can't give it to music right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, something uh, comes along though. And you can record a verse and take for me, uh, someone one day, some, some, one of the, I'm going to get a beat that's going to hit you in a certain way. One day you're going to have a couple craft beers and stumble into your basement. <laughs> and <laughs> by the end of the weekend, there's going to be like something up online. That's just like the craziest shit either of us ever made. Yeah, maybe, happen. maybe I'm going to, I mean, it, I, I always have that thing. Like I've been listening to nothing but Griselda stuff for like months so when i start writing everything sounds exactly like conway <laughs> you know like like ah i gotta get i gotta be jake again like i haven't written enough to get my voice out there again you yeah know? man that's why when i made that full album with speak it, it took so much out of me and i accomplished what i wanted to do as far as making like an old school east coast like one producer like movie clips, interludes, like beats at the end of the track. Like I accomplished what I wanted to with that type of music. And it's on CD. It's never going away. It wouldn't have yep. existed if I didn't make it. And yeah. everything but his voice is completely created, arranged and everything by me. So I have something to, you know, at the end of the day, I have something that I made. And I just kind of wanted to move on and try, uh, you know, see what's next. Definitely. I know that feeling. You guys put a solid brick in the wall for hip hop with that one, man. That was a good hip hop album. You know? Yeah, I did exactly what I wanted to do. And uh, even though towards the end it, it became work and became, you know, difficult, uh, I'm sure that happens to like everybody that's, you know, cares about a creative project. But I did what I wanted to do. And that's, you know, if you can accomplish what you set out to do when it's something creative, that's what's a better feeling than that. That's pretty good. That could be a bullet point for this whole 
Dude, what, no let, let me ask you, when you finally, after all the time, the effort, the money, when Talent, the album, was finished, was it perfect to you, or do you still have problems with it? Like, do you have nitpicks? Because I have a couple with that album I was just talking about, but what's your... Um, I have some nitpicks. Hey, so, it was so embarrassing to me for on a couple levels. I put so much time and effort into that album, as you said, and then... I sent in the wrong master. So the song list didn't on the back of the album didn't match up with the tracks on the album. Oh really? Yeah. So I knew that. My my boy Paulie, Paulie Music, he had that he had that beat No I Don't featuring Halifax. Yeah. And none of that was credited in the credits because I wasn't gonna put on the album originally. Oh man! So they sent me out like I don't know what I make five thousand copies or something of that or a thousand or I forget what I did. I did. I still got my hardcover. Yeah, I just, I got like five of them still in, in in plastic. I got the talent single. I got all that. So that really irked me because that's like so stupid for one. That's like such an easy oversight. You know what I mean? Like it's such an easily um, avoidable oversight for one. Yeah. Two. I didn't know how to sell a CD. I'm not a, like, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden that just put me in the business of rap and I didn't know what I was doing. And instead of like saying, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me ask for help. I was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing or, Oh, it's not that important to me. And then I got mad cause nobody's really buying it, but people don't buy music unless they know you and they don't know you unless they heard you and they don't hear you cause they don't own your music. It was like this, this circular negativity <laughs> In that, in that book, the in the subtle art, you'll hear that that's called the negative feedback loop that was in my head, and it, and I let it kill me. Like now, when I have an issue, I ask for help right away, or I read six books on it, or I watch a YouTube video, or I go to Skillshare, or I I talk to two hundred people in a week. I could ask somebody, you know what I mean? Like I, I'll go on Twitter and ask, you know, like yeah, I was gonna say no. This is pre Bandcamp, like you couldn't just like. <laughs> Put it up on there. And yeah. I mean, I, I think I did put it, I put it on Bandcamp eventually. Nobody bought it. I put it um, in Newberry Comics. I put, they gave, they took five copies to start. I sold one. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, I, I know, you know why, Seth. Someone you know listens why? to my music, man. I, I get eight plays when I make a new, it doesn't matter how good it is. It's just no, like, I know. But do, so here's the thing I was a half hearted idiot. So half of my heart was, this is my art. And I don't care if you like it. I made it for me. The other half is I put a lot of money into this. Please buy it. Please support me. And you can't be both. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't work. And so you have to be like, yo, this is what I do. Like if I spent 10 hours a day in the studio, I'd be making hip hop for a living. But I spent 10 hours a day behind a chair. So I do that for a living. It's there's no difference between the two in my mind now. You know what I mean? Like. My focus wasn't there because I didn't give myself the credit because I didn't believe in myself. Like, instead of learning how to make a song, I just said, I'm not good at making songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's not an excuse I use anymore. And that's why my shots been so successful. And that's why I decided to do a podcast. And the podcast has up to this point been pretty successful um, because I'm like, well, I don't know how to do it. All right. Well, I was thinking that until you called me, man. I've never done a podcast before. I've listened to a trillion of them. Like, I, I was on them before. 
Yeah, you know, me and, they, me and you were both on that, yeah. Yeah. And, when, I, when they first came out, like when the iPhone came out and there was a thing called a podcast, I'm like, oh, what is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. And Steve Jobs called it Wayne's World for radio. Yeah, and like... <laughs> and oh, I, nice. I was listening I, uh, to Dave Ramsey. I was listening to uh, the Bodybuilding uh, Weekly. I was listening to, um, you know, how to speak Portuguese. I was learning how to speak Portuguese. Just everything. And just in general, like, I'm a huge, like, talk radio fan, like, comedy talk radio. And just, like, I, I was thinking all day, like, yeah, never done a podcast before. But, I mean, if anything... I wanted wanted to at least learn because you've been doing it a little bit now, and hopefully I can do it with you more than once just because it's fun, dude. Like I told you, like I did that one with my boy Russell, and we were just like talking shit, watching sharp objects, like doing like a commentary, and like it was like it was so much fun. I was like, I don't care if anyone listens to this. This is just mad fun. That's that's how I feel about it. It gives me a chance to talk to a lot of people too, because I can just be like, "Hey, come on my podcast!" <laughs> and like, it's amazing yeah. that you, you you can add like, you know, this guest and that guest too, because like after a while, like when the, your episodes build up, like the people you have on are gonna hear the other guests and gonna be like, "Yo, I want to talk to that dude. Or we should talk to this dude about movies or this dude about that," and you can have like a round table discussion. It's like it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. I like the fact there's no gatekeeper. I do what I want. Yeah, it's amazing, man. So speaking of movies, you've you've been my movie guy. Uh, you know, I was obviously way into cinema before I met you, and then we connected on that level. But since I've been busy with the shop and kids and life, I haven't really watched movies like I used to. I don't go to the theater at all. I watch um, random movies here or there, and I watch them in like two or three parts because I fall asleep. <laughs> or you watch like a comedy movie that like 18 times just because yeah you, i do yeah. that too that's true. <laughs> yeah right now like i've I've seen super troopers too already like probably 10 times yeah i remember when you will watch that google the intern movie like oh yeah all time. i, was, that. <laughs> I, I like, love that movie man it's fun it's fun and it's finest always you know not not his finest but no you know, it's big vince though i mean he's doing his thing he's definitely doing the he's definitely doing the uh the uh the maid character the um He's doing you know, old school character. Let me ask you something. I'm not going to get mad. <laughs> Have you finished Blade Runner 2049? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I finished that. I watched yeah. it twice. What did you, um, oh, you must have liked it. It's a long I movie. It. I absolutely loved it. And I, and I feel bad because I can't even recall a lot of scenes from it. Oh. But I just remember the feeling that that movie gave me. And I was Dude, like, me and smoked a joint and went into that theater and it was the most like amazing like experience in the theater I can remember having. Like it was just for the eyes, ears, every it's everything we wanted it to be, and it's just one of the best movie like at least sci-fi movies like I can remember. And like just visually, what a fucking movie, man! Just amazing. Yeah. No, that that it, it gave me, it made me cold. <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean like it's always raining the scene where Jared Leto slices that the, that model that didn't work out yep. the throat just bleeds out on the floor was so cold what about it's when like, she walks into the room and they, she just falls out of the bag like they couldn't have had a, a more gentle way to get her up <laughs> yeah just, like, like just he's grew. creating life yet doesn't care about it yeah like it's so what <laughs> like 
I'm like, uh, that I was, was watching deep. behind the scenes and like, he's like, he's like, I kind of picture the character is like a slightly psychotic, like Elon Musk. And I was like, this dude's just a wacko when it comes to acting. He's a, he's incredible. So, um, I did check out that Florida project movie you told me about, and I watched that two nights in a row. Um, oh yeah, you did like that. I loved it. It was so visually so indie. It's just perfect, man. Dude, Willem Dafoe, like... I could watch him manage a hotel for, like, four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What about so... American Honey? Have you seen that? That's on Prime. American Honey? No, I have not. That is the director of the movie Fish Tank, an early Fastbender movie by this female British director. It's like watching, it's like kids in 2017. Like, really? Best way I can describe it. And it, it's amazing, dude. I think you would love it. Put that on your prime watch list immediately. I will, man. I've been, so, I've been trying to be in bed by 9.30 every night. And sometimes I'm not tired, but I need to be in bed. Because I get up at 4 now every morning, period. You know? Oof. Um, I, I didn't do it this morning because I got drunk. <laughs> but, um... Why yes. four? Because I can get a lot of stuff done between four and six before everybody wakes up in my house um, for for work or for this or for whatever. Like, I'm going to mix this tomorrow, you know, um, yeah. at, at 4 a.m., you know. Um, but, you know, if I say I'm going to work on something from when my kids go to bed at 930, I spend zero time with my wife. Um, I'm, I'm comp- I got the whole day on me. I got the whole day on me still wearing on me. You know, and yeah. I, I I'm so convoluted. I get, you know, an hour's worth of work takes me three hours. Whereas in the morning I'm fresh. All my negativity stays in bed. All the bullshit stays in bed. The day's new. It's fresh, and I can just work. And so, that's always worked out for me as long as in the past seven years. So I gotta just get back. That was when I was on vacation. I just realized, like, yo, this is what works. Do what works. Stop being dumb. Let's go. All right. So, anyway. I need to be in bed, so I'm trying to pick some stuff to watch. Now, I'll watch Super Troopers just because it's easy. I don't have to think. I'll laugh, and it's over. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. That, that movie's so funny to me. It's just ridiculous. Have you seen I, that? Are you a fan of that movie at all? You... I saw Super Troopers 2. I thought it was okay. Like, I, I mean, I, 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 it's not anything less than I was expecting. Yeah. I do like the Broken Lizard guys. I mean, it's it's... As weird as it is, because, like, I'm a big, like, stand-up fan. Like, I don't watch many comedies. Like, like when we were talking about that Louie episode that was, like, clockwork orangey and weird and, like, how I loved it. And you were like, dude, I didn't like That wasn't funny. I was like, I'm just maybe a more twisted person than you. Like, my well, old man no, was like that. Yeah. He had a darker sensibility. It's just, I'm the same way. Yeah, but, no, you're talking about the dream episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. I, I didn't like it because it just kept scaring me. Yeah. Like, like boo scary, like jumping off the absurdity of it. It was just like, it was just yeah. like that. But I've been it's... watching more TV shows, man. If you want to knock out something shorter than a movie, man, there is so much good TV. It's just like ridiculous. Like, I was thinking of rewatching Ozark because that's coming back. That That's a really surprisingly good show. What, what did I just finish? I just finished something great, too. Uh, Shit, I'm not gonna think of it. But say what you were gonna say. I was gonna say that the the shows are not shorter. 
than a movie because they're 13 one-hour episodes. Yeah, so I know. It's such a commitment. Like, I, I tried watching, um, um, it's the movie where they, your soul is downloaded, your, your, your whole, um, oh, uh, Alter Carbon, Alter Carbon. Yeah, Alter Carbon. Amazing. I watched like five episodes of that and I was loving it, but yo, it's just too much, man. It's so raw and violent and like, I'm trying to go to sleep and I can't. Now, side note, the main character looks just like my boy Jimmy. Yo, Joe Kinnaman got yoked for that movie. Is that show? Yeah, and and the uh, the dude he's working for, the the wife that he ends up sleeping with, a whole bunch. Yep, looks just like my sister, <laughs> like just like her. That's crazy, dude. It's disgusting. I can't watch it. Like I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, I can't watch like, this. Dude, remember the killing? Like how scrawny and meth addicty he looked. Yeah, and he was like Diesel and all the common. He was training. He was probably training with uh, Wolverine. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> training a little assistance. Uh, oh yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, speaking of Wolverine, I saw the very end of Logan the other day on TV, and I swear to God, like I barely cry, like you know, once a decade. I almost cried at the end of Logan, and I've seen it before. Like <laughs> it, it took that, them yeah. that long to make the the Wolverine movie finally like it took them four tries or whatever but they did it <laughs> the great oh I, my bad I just I just remember what I was going to ask you when you're talking about kids did you see that episode of um uh epically latered Harmony Corinne yeah you told me about it man yeah I watched it it was amazing yeah man I watched that like 10 times I, that, like that's a, 15 when he wrote kids or something yeah yeah crazy <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and I hated that movie Spring Breakers when I first saw it, and when I rewatched it, I was like, you know what? I think I really like this movie now. I he's actually just... haven't seen any of his other movies at all. He's, he's a very talented dude. He's just—I remember seeing him in. Um, There's a documentary about. They they mentioned it a little bit in that um in that, in that mini doc, but um there was an art. This is like art studio in New York that everybody used to hang out at. All the skaters and him and a bunch of people and. There's a, a documentary about that and all the people that hung out around that. It was it's called The Losers. And they interview him and he's at this park and he's like, Yeah, that's where I grew up, blah blah blah. And then he like yells to these kids, he's like, Hey, my they found my friend's head over there. <laughs> They're like, What? So my friend got in a fight with these people and they cut his head off and they threw it over there. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, okay. He's like, See, people don't care, you know. <laughs> um so yeah, so he's like <laughs> There's that brutality that he is all about mixed with his childish wonderment is such a contradiction. It's such a juxtaposition. It's like really fun to watch. Like, and I, like I said, I haven't seen Gummo. I haven't seen any of his other movies. Like, you know me. Like, I pick one movie. Like, I like a director like Wes Anderson. Like, I've seen all his movies except the new one. Um, but like, I like one of his movies. A lot, and I've watched like a hundred times, like the Royal Tenenbaums. Like I've watched it, like uh, that's my favorite too. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's what I do. I get obsessed with like, like high fidelity. Like I'll just watch Dude, four scenes in high fidelity. I, I, that's one of my favorite movies. I don't even know who directed it. You're the you know? one that told me about uh, Bottle Rocket. I remember. Yeah. Like, or like I even like gave uh Rushmore a chance or anything like I think me and Ava were watching like TV and just the beginning of Royal Tenenbaums just happened to come on the TV 
And you know how the beginning of that movie is. Like, we're just sitting there, and the first, like, eight minutes of it are playing, and we're like, this is the most quirky, original, bizarre, like, hilarious shit either of us had ever seen. So from that point on, it was like, you know, we had to see everything Wes Anderson ever made. Yes, sir. Yeah, Bottle Rocket was, you know, it's a tough one to get through sometimes. But... I only watched it, like, once, but, like, that's... uh. That was enough for me. Were we talking about the friends of Eddie Coyle recently? I rewatched The Town the other night, mm-hmm. and they stole they stole a lot from that, but in the a little bit from Heat too. But somehow, I still I can't help it. I still really like that. I really like The Town. It's like it's an easy movie to hate on, but I really like The Town. But the yeah. Eddie Coyle, the fact that like you're one of the few people I know that have seen it. Yeah, like I can't even imagine how good the book must be, but that movie is the most that in Thief, Michael Mann's first movie, are the most criminally underrated crime movies ever by far. (laughs) That's a good phrase. Yeah, man, I I haven't seen Thief. Um, Also on Prime. Yeah, I started watching it like two different times, and that was when my kids were super little. This is like when Cooper was first born. And that's when I like slept like twenty hours a week, and uh, I just never got through it. But um, the Friends of Eddie Coyle I've seen a bunch of times. Love that movie. Peter Boyle's friggin' ruthless. Oh, uh, the best. Yeah, that, that scene. I think we were talking about it because I think I was listening to um, I was listening to somebody's mixtape, and they had a scene from that, and I was like, I'm pretty sure, and I like quoted it to him like, "This is from Eddie Coyle, right?" And I like quoted like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's from that." I'm like, "Okay, cool." I'm trying to figure. I know I see you know Oh yeah it was when it was when uh what's his name is meeting the gun dealer at the diner, right? Yeah, but it wasn't the scene where he's like, You ever get your hands slammed in the yeah. drawers like it's like a bastard. Yeah. It was like the part where it's no, it's it's the gun dealer, but when he's meeting the guy at the junkyard or something, he's meeting the guy like outside. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The guy is like, I know what you're spending the money on, man. I know what you're spending it on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was on some mixtape. What the hell was it, man? It might have been a West Side Gun joint. God, and I was man. like... Every time I talk about that movie, I'm like, all right, I can watch a little of that before I go to bed, right? Yeah, yeah, I got to put that on. Yeah, that was good, man. So, what do you got, like, what's your top three favorite movies right now? I know it's when you watch as many movies Ooh. as you do. It's hard to pick. Dude, top. honestly, I've slowed down a lot, and uh, I'm actually backed up. Like that, my boys sent me like three, four movies in the past week or two, and I watched that that Paul Schrader one last night. That's the first new movie I've seen in a couple weeks. But you mean my top three like recent watches or like all time? Um, you pick. I don't care. I think I feel like it's impossible for you to do an all time. No, yep, I think it is too. All right. <laughs> uh, let me think. Three good movies I've seen lately. Jesus Christ, man! I don't even know if I can do that. <laughs> I, 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 shows maybe I could do. I think Sharp Objects on HBO right now. It's uh, based on uh, Gillian Flynn book, The uh, Woman That Wrote Gone Girl. I think that oh, okay. show is just amazing. It's it's like a mini series, eight episodes, same director throughout the whole thing. 
editing is just so on another level. It's just unbelievable. So I would say that uh, watch this show called The Sinner on Netflix. I think another USA show, which is coming up because of Mr. Robot. I'm guessing that was surprisingly good. And it's got to be something either on Netflix or Prime. I mean, come on, they're the big ones. Yeah, weren't you watching Electric Dreams for a while? That was like a... Oh, my God. Well, I think Black Mirror is, like, probably my favorite and the best Netflix property, period, since they own it now. But Electric Dreams, I don't think a lot of people will like as much of it. There's certain episodes I tell people to watch, but it's if you're a fan of Philip K. Dick, like Blade Runner, Minority Report that kind of sci-fi i liked it a lot and i thought it was really dope it's on prime it's like their version of black mirror kind of but it's all based on like philip k dick short stories and they got top level actors like buscemi and terrence howard and everybody that's a fun series and it's another anthology one so every episode is like its own little movie nice and yeah so that's but like Brian, Twin Peaks Brian. is one of my favorite shows ever. I don't recommend that to anybody because it's a certain <laughs> type of weirdo to to really like it. That's like recommending squats to people. You just like yeah. <laughs> only people or are gonna do that the people that want them. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I feel you, man. I, I, you know, somebody was asking me my top three, top five movies recently in the last month or so, and I'm like. You know, it used to be this, but <laughs> I remember what it used to be for you. It was Godfather Two, Big Lebowski, and High Fidelity. Yeah. Don't ask me why I remember that because it was over <laughs> ten years ago. You said it to me, but yeah, that's what it's been forever. And like, I think Big Lebowski is still my favorite movie, but not because it's the best movie. Because when I watch it, it's like putting on my favorite pair of sweatpants. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so comfortable. That's and what just makes so much sense and it just feels right every time. Yeah. And, and by the way, Fargo is the best show on television if not <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Fargo. Yeah. yeah, see that's the thing, man. I don't have I don't want to devote any time to T V. Like I I've been so before I would watch anything that I needed to watch was a show, movie, whatever, to get me to a place creatively. Right. And now I use it as a tool to numb me out. <laughs> yeah, so like you like you're like at the point where a lot of most like average people, it's an escapism, where I'm still searching for art. And when I put on a film, like I'm looking for an under the skin movie that leaves me perplexed at the end, like some Lynchian weirdness that'll just make me think for two weeks. Yeah. And you just want something to relax to and go to bed like a normal human being. Yeah, like I can't like exactly like I can't watch stuff that's too violent anymore. I guess the other thing, my my taste in movies changed dramatically when I had kids. Yeah, I never loved anybody as much as that. I never cared about what happened to somebody as much as I care about what happens to them. And like, even though it's just a movie, like in that Florida project, I think I text you like in the middle of it, like. If something happens to these kids, I'm going to be pissed if you even show me this movie. Like, these kids are running reckless by themselves with idiotic, like, drug addict parents. Yep. Like, I don't want, I don't want anything bad I knew to happen to these poor kids. I, I brought up the movie Prisoners to you before, and I learned my lesson. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, won't even, I won't even watch that. No way. 
as good as it is, and I love Paul Dano. You know, I'm not. Paul Dano, listen to listen to this director's track record: Prisoners, Sicario, which is probably the best drug movie ever made, Arrival, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and now he's like redoing Dune. Like the guy is just like the at his prime and probably one of the best directors, like Nolan level, like just best directors ever. Mm, man. See, all those movies, I'm like, yeah, I want to watch that. Well, I was Blade Runner. I, I bought that as soon as it came out. Sicario um, is just, oh, woof. Is that a good movie? Yeah, that's that's on, Um, I got I do YouTube TV, and that's on there right now on demand. Oh, they do movies like that? Well, if they've been on FX or FXX or TBS or USA, then they're on demand. Uncut? Um, that's a good question because I've only watched kids' movies. <laughs> if it's on YouTube, Brad, I mean, you figure it would be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've only watched kids' movies on this. I can't even tell you. I should, I should throw it on and try to find out. But amazing movie. Actually, I don't think they would even bother putting that movie on if it wasn't uncut. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, cartels I, in Tijuana. Like, I mean, no, it does uh, a good job. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's true. And they let a lot of stuff. I mean, Fargo's a graphic show, and that's uh, that's on FX. So. Yeah, they they let loose. <laughs> so, um, trying to think of what else I wanted to talk about movies with, man. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to get back to that point. And I've said this for a long time. That someday my kids will be older, and they're not going to need me around all the time. My wife's going to be like. All right, what are you doing home? Either be you know fixing something to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like I. I just picture being in the basement, just catching up, like watching, sneaking out to the theater during the Oscar season, and just catching like two in a row. Yeah, just 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 watching every great movie, all the great series. Like, do you watch Game of Thrones? No, I know what it is. Do you watch Breaking? You did you watch Breaking Bad? No, I don't. You know, like I've been too busy. No, you know what? I envy people. Like I like one of my best friends, probably my best friend in the world, has never seen The Sopranos. He's seen wow. every other great show ever. Like he just saw Mad Men like in the past two months and like waited this long and ended up banging through it like two weeks, like all seven seasons. I'm like, dude, when do you like <laughs> do you think I'm lying about the Sopranos? Like just watch it. Like I'm not, <laughs> it's kind of universally agreed. It's like one of the best shows ever made. It's my yeah. number one if I had to if I had to pick enough just because it makes me laugh more than any other show. It's so good because they made the first time, in my opinion, that I, I can recall that they made me sympathetic towards the villain, who Dude, is sort of hilarious too. Just, yeah, there's oh, a ton so of funny, funny. so funny. But that show was crazy, man, because it, it it got so bad at the end. Like, I just didn't, I didn't like the last like two seasons. Bad is in like quality or just dark. It, no, just yeah, like the quality of it just it just seemed like they were trying to figure out a way to make it end and dude, I, the whole season where uh yeah, guys deciding he's Vito. gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vito, yeah. It's like dude, you can have a gay character. You don't have to make it the whole season. I read like a, like a like a thesis paper on the final like two-part season of the Sopranos that explained like in depth, like the foreshadowing from the first episode of what was going to happen 
And it was, I don't know who this kid is that wrote it, but it was so brilliant it, that uh, it convinced me that David Chase, like, ma- like mapped out the entire, like, last two-part season for, like, exactly how it ended. Like, it's just, I, I mean, uh, I'm sure a lot of people agree with you, but, like, when I rewatched well, that, it. Well, no, that's like, interesting. I never heard that, you know, like, I'd, I'd like to see that. David Chase is a mad was a mad scientist, man. I don't know, it's crazy. No, uh, it's still a good show. When I had the flu over the winter, I was laid up for like two days, and I watched the entire fourth season. What's like what's your favorite season? I always like to ask Soprano fans what their favorite season was. I can't. I don't really remember, man. I don't. I remember specific, like I remember the timeline of how things happened, but I don't remember like what season it was in. You know, like I'm like I I, I like. When Bobby's in it a lot, you know, like that, whatever that is, like when. A lot when of people you... say the first two, I I say three, because that's like the big Ralph Cifaretto season. That's the one I like. Yeah, that's the one yes. where. That's where Janet gets rid of him, and that's where uh, he gets killed too, right? I think that's season four, but like season three is where he okay, first so probably season four. Then that's what I'm. And he had the girlfriend that worked at the strip club, and just like all the scumbag things he did, like were in season three, basically. Yeah, when he's swinging a chain and hits. Yeah, gladiator fixation. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that was hilarious. Yeah, man, that guy—he's he's he's such a good actor. So like he he gets on the screen, and I get nervous. I'm like, oh, jeez. Dude, and he's just like he's just gonna do out like just maniac. Just he's <laughs> the best. Yeah, and like you feel bad when son dies. That's season four, right? That's what he's yeah, yeah, yeah. So that season, season four, four is my dark, favorite. man. That's when Chrissy's on heroin and like just it's dark as hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that's it. That's 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 the show that did it. That's to me. Like that's it got dark. You still liked it. It wasn't too weird like that. And like uh, Six Feet Under was like going at Dude, the same time. I never watched that. Is that really good? I loved it when it was out, but I was also an emotional basket case in my early 20s. So <laughs> well, it probably I mean, fed I, right I, into that. It's very highly rated. Like I, I, I might have to check that out. It's got great actors in it, man. Who's the dude who's in every movie ever? And I don't know his name. That's uh, Dexter? He's, no, he he's in it. he's great. Um, his character's gay in that, and there's he's, a great, just great. Um, he's a great actor. Relationship stuff there, but um, the dude who's in uh, who who loves Francis McDormand and uh, the um, <laughs> I'm so bad right now. This don't say so Fargo, stupid. the Asian guy, because I don't know. No, not Fargo. <laughs> and um, what's the movie with? Francis McDormand and Brad Pitt. It's a Coen Brothers movie, uh, and 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 George and George Clooney, and everybody's cheating on everybody. And oh, Burn After Reading, Burn After Reading. Oh, Jeez. Richard Jenkins, Richard Jenkins, the most normal dude in Hollywood. <laughs> dude, he was he almost won an Oscar for The Shape of Water. He was incredible in that. But that yeah, that guy's the greatest. He's like the normal version of Tom Sizemore. He's like yeah. in every movie ever, but you He's don't like know his name. A John C. Riley, like that, no one knows the, the, his name. Yeah, Richard Jenkins is great. So awesome. anyway, he's he's in it. Um, the mother is played by I can't think of her name. She it's a good. You should check it out. Just check, check out the first. Out. Check out like three episodes of the first season. Um, How amazing is it that uh, nowadays everyone has seen it, 
but at the time, like literally no one watched The Wire when it first came out. Like I know. it had like no ratings, no nominations for writing. And it's looked back at now as like this epic novel masterpiece of a show. And like just no one was watching it. Like it I wasn't watching it until like season four. I so <laughs> I didn't start watching it until it was over. A lot and of I people still, I've only seen halfway through season three. Up up to like half of season three. That's all I've all I've seen, man. I just season four is oh is is like most people say that's the best. My personal favorites too, because I just like the whole docs thing, but David Simon's such a genius. I, I just started his uh show The Deuce on HBO about like the seventies like pimp like, you know, streets like you know, it's just like a seven it looks like a taxi driver set. It's so well done, like the production value is so high. Nice. In the first episode, it's like a movie, like it's ninety minutes, like it's it's fantastic from what I've seen. I just saw a trailer for uh, White Boy Rick. What is this about? Have I don't know. I haven't you seen, seen the trailer. I can't tell who's in it. It's like a fifteen second tease, like Bing Bing Bing, like like scene scene scene, like cut cut cut, like and it just says like hashtag White Boy Rick. It's like about it's a true story about some dude who came up in the streets and was like a major player in the, in the drug game. Looks pretty cool. Um, and also, what's this? Love you Watch- a Watchmen TV show? Someone was telling me about this the other night. It was either Ryan or my boy Russell. He he was saying it's not based on the book. It's like based on the characters, but will be an original story based on the characters created by Alan Moore and huh. you know, Kind of like, you know, how Fargo is just like, you're yeah. in the universe in the show, but every, you know, it's all new characters, new stories. Like, that seems to be the new thing. And if you're going to do it right, like, when people saw Fargo, the TV show, they're like, what the hell? And then they watch one episode, and they were like, okay, we're we're in, because this guy knows what the hell he's doing. Right. If it's If it's done right, man, it doesn't matter what it's about. Just make it happen. I gotta, I gotta check it out because I'm, you know, I'm such a huge fan of that novel, the graphic novel in the movie. I love that movie. It's the uh, only good Zack Snyder movie. I was gonna say it's literally but, shot for shot the book. Yeah, like, and the stuff they changed, they changed the right stuff. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, like for once, <laughs> you know, like I was trying to explain to this kid who had seen the movie a bunch of times, but he never read the book. He's like, he's like, is it a book book or is it like a comic book? I'm like. It's like okay, a book wow. when you read it. Yeah, I'm like, all right, hold on. Like, I might have an extra. I always, I've bought that probably five, six times because I always give it away. Yeah, um, like, like, I borrowed uh, Ryan's. I'm ready. It took me, like, five days to read. Like, it's a, it's pretty thick, but. Yeah. That is a great book. That and The Dark Knight Returns are, like, where great graphic novels, like, is that's as far as I go, really. But, like, there is really some masterpiece graphic novels out there yeah i got i got them stacked up right now but a couple trades of um ed brubaker's last comic called uh killer be killed i guess they're making that a movie um that's your man ed as you like the first yeah. time i heard that name was in a rap he goes <laughs> yeah yeah thing new by ed brubaker yeah he's the best i don't care what anybody says because i don't really read comics for like superhero stuff like i don't care about it 
like Secret Warriors is the best like like Marvel comic with like actual comic book characters in it. But like I just want like the dark crime. Like if you want to start with some Brubaker stuff, just get his criminal series. Just read all those. They're like not good stories. They're just like about That's some drug addict. Stuff, man. Huh? That's my kind of stuff. I like yeah, I you can't help it. it. I like the darkness. Just... So so I do too. I, I I am attracted to it. I love what it. I find is that I'm influenced by it in a negative way, ultimately. You know what I mean? So, like, as long as I take the stance of this is art and I'm going to enjoy somebody's art, then, like, it's all good. But, like, the stakes don't get higher than when stuff's getting really violent, really scary. And that's when art really shines. It's when the, the higher the stakes, the more invested you get into it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's kind of human nature that it's unavoidable. To, whether you admit it or not, to be attracted on some level to the darkness. Yeah, no, I, I fully admit it. Like, once I realized that comic books could be dark, that's when I started buying tons of comics. Like, I don't know if you remember that. Like, right before I got married, I was going there every week, like, just oh, yeah, man. racking I up. I remember your old crib. I, I see, like, the collections, everything. Yeah, so it's like, I when I, I excuse me, I found that brew baby because it was, <clears throat> excuse me, burping and trying not to cough at the same time so he, he did this book called incognito and it was like about this super villain that had to go into witness protection and he had all these superpowers and he's like just working his mundane office job and just wanted to murder everybody and could but didn't and you know and then started checking out other stuff that he wrote like he did a run of daredevil he did a run of captain america and stuff because he worked for marvel but all the stuff he put out by himself was just crazy like criminal and um, Fatal, and it's just just a nut. So yeah. I like novels. Should have just wrote like you know straight up crime novels. I he he's he like just following him on Twitter. I learned about like Lawrence Block, who wrote uh, that movie with Liam Neeson about what was it called like um, they made one of his books into a movie. He's got great books. Um, Dude, you know what? You told me about Ken Bruin, The Guards. Oh yeah. Because I watched all like the Netflix uh, like uh, shows about him, but like I was yeah, Jack Taylor recently, yeah. like best like uh, just like top rated crime books like ever. Yeah, and that's always in the top ten. Like, so I found out about him through um, Brew Baker too. Really? Yeah, because in the back of all his things, every every week he had this little like, hey, like what's going no on? No show me? prep, people. This just happened naturally. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, Ed Brubaker was my gateway to crime novels, and that's when I went on that crazy Lahane kick. Anyone I were trading Lahane books oh, back and forth. God, that was that's when, And, like, I still, still will always say they need to make a movie out of darkness. Take my hand. They need to make that Dude, a movie. That would be the darkest movie ever made. Like, that's one <laughs> but, of my favorite books ever, by the way. Yeah, it's so good. So, yeah, Ken Bruin, all that Jack Taylor stuff is so ridiculous. And then... Is that your um, favorite uh, of the Kenzie Gennaro books? The Doctors Take My Hand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. By a uh, long shot. I think A Drink Before the War is, is amazing, too, which is the first one. But Doctors Take My Hand was just on another level, man. That that's just that book blew my friggin' hair back. I can't even remember <clears throat> the other books. <laughs> Sacred, like, Gone Baby Gone, Prayers for Rain, and then years later, Moonlight Mile. 
Yeah, that's like I remember the titles, but I don't remember like anything about them. Like because I, I think I read Doctor Stickman. One of my twice. least favorite out of all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. That's a it weird is. movie. That's a weird. Dude, movie. Like, oddly enough, I like the movie better than I like the book, and I never say that. The the Bubba Rogowski character could, or however you say, it, could have been. I mean, Slane killed it. Don't get me wrong. I love the Slane just because I I saw the movie first. He was way more of a badass than that, though. Oh, dude, Bubba's you know a what I mean? monster. He, he was like in touch with like different mobs, like Chechen mob or something. Yeah, like that. he was like a lot of the mafia was scared of him because he was such a ruthless mercenary. Psychopath, yeah, 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 he would work for anybody that gave and him. He the right had money. he had uh, what's it called like like mines and stuff like leading up to his house. Like, yeah, he had like connections to the psychopath. KGB and all. Like he, it was just a cool. Anyway, we could talk about this stuff forever, but. Yeah, man. So that, like, yeah. So Ken, all those Ken Bruin books, like, that's all from Brew Baker. Like, he had this little section in the back of his comics that'd be like, yeah, this is what I've been reading. You should check this out. Now you follow him on Twitter, and he's like, hey, Friday, Friday, what do you Friday reads or something like that? And he'd be like, check out this guy, Joe Hill. I'm like, oh, Joe Hill. That's the guy who writes Lock and Key. Oh, actually, no, he's Stephen King's son. Oh, holy shit. Oh, he's got this. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking <laughs> of Stephen King, dude, that new show on Hulu, uh, Castle Rock, that's like, have you heard about that? It's like uh-huh. they took all like these Stephen King short stories and books and settings and just made it into like this Stephen King universe and made like one thread of a story for a season of TV. It's pretty pretty amazing. Like oh, obviously it all okay. takes place in Maine in like this fictional town of Castle Rock and it's like elements of different stories of his blended together like Shawshank prison in 2018 is like a staple. Ah, oh, well, that's fast to see. I like Stephen King. Um I feel, you know, I don't know when I'm going to check that out. <laughs> but I'm saying but if you if you want to read some cool short stories, Joe Hill's got uh, at least five that I grabbed. There might be more now on on Amazon for a dollar. I'll check you know, the the Kindle version. But he like, also I got his crazy books to read right now. But yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. No, I mean, book. dude. I mean, you can bang a short story on in, in like an hour or something. You know what I mean? Like it's the best. It's, it's a quick train read or whatever. Like just weird dark stuff and like. He, uh, did you see that movie Horns that Daniel Radcliffe starred in? I didn't watch it. No, was it good? I didn't watch it either because I don't want to watch them. I didn't see the. I didn't read the book yet. So the the book I started reading it. Um, I was borrowing it from the library. I had to return it. So I was like, oh, I'll get it back. And I just I just don't read books anymore. I read business books. That's it. You know. So it's like. Um, so basically, this guy wakes up from like a crazy night of partying, and like his head's bumping. You know, he's hurting, and you're like his headache won't go away and he starts to realize for the day that he's got these like bumps sticking out of his head. And he's like, Oh, did I bump my head? What happened? Did I whack my muscle wag man? And he starts to realize these are like horns growing out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically he made some sort of deal with the devil in in his drunken maniac mess that he made of himself and he's growing these horns out of his head and he has to like do stuff for this for the devil. I don't oh, know. Dad, I kinda wanna see it. Yeah, so I don't know if they hacked it to pieces, like, you know. But that's, like, going back to the Watchmen, like, does, is Alan Moore, like, co-signing this shit, or is it, like... Alan Moore hasn't co-signed, like, a personal check in 30 years. Like, I don't think yeah. he, like, he exists anymore. Yeah, I'm, you know, I would just... If there's a map, he's not on it. Like, he's just, yeah. like, <laughs> just like <laughs> he just checked out a long time ago. 
That's too bad, man, because, I mean, the Watchmen is so deep. Like, I was trying to explain to this kid in my chair. I love this kid. He's he's about to go to college, and he's so interested in a lot of things. Like, he's the only person I know that saw Isle of Dogs. <laughs> and he, like, went and saw it, like, in Cambridge, like, by himself, you yeah. know? Um, so, I respect that. Yeah, he's, like, 18 or 17. He's So we were talking about the Watchmen, and I was schooling him to it, and, you know, I was like – talking about how the thing that was missing from the movie was the comic book kid that's reading the comic about the sale about the uh, pirate thing you know oh yeah like and so throughout the graphic novel he's reading this and and what he's reading is starting to correlate with the world that he's in which is the world we're reading and so the whole thing sort of culminates to this kid was seeing the comic book predicting what was happening around him. And as I'm reading the Watchmen, I'm realizing that Alan Moore is saying that the real truth of the world and the way the government works is in comic books. It's an untapped resource and we need to watch it and pay attention to it. It's like deeper than deep. Like, I was like yeah, Ugh. he was so brilliant, man. Alan Moore, like, like he did what one Batman and it was killing joke. And like, that's one of my, t- that's my third, like in my top three favorite comic books ever. Like he's just a monster. That when so that's what I'm talking about. Like when guys do that, I'll I'll read the mainstream comics. But like I've always liked Daredevil. I've always I don't know. I just always have. Um, Man without fears up there on my list. Whatever the uh, what's his name? Frank Miller. Um, the, his first Born Again or whatever one. I think it's Born Again. Born Again. The Daredevil. Yeah, and I like um, Brian Michael Bendis's that he did. Um, but I just did a lot of stuff for Marvel. He, he's a really talented writer. He did, um, I think he did the original. What was not Jessica Jones, but what the comics called? I feel what it's called. Um, is it not called Jessica Jones? Nah, it's called. Um, shoot, somebody email me. <laughs> I can't think of the name. I used to buy him too. I'm so bad right now, Seth. Like my memory gone. Like you know, like encyclopedia. I used to be about everything you know what i mean like i could tell you like labels that you know like what yeah. what album came on what label what year and loud you know. records yeah. yeah like oh no that was a that was wild pitch no that was an oasis uh right that was an island jam that was raucous a- <laughs> man that was raucous yeah raucous yeah raucous was like a new label when i was like studying labels. <laughs> um True. but i've just lost a lot of that man there's just no room for it um but anyway man i don't want to you know I love this conversation we're having. I hope other people kind of dig it. Um, I really do too. Cause I, I want to do picture this being something. Out. Yeah. I could picture this being uh, something that somebody may tune out of at some point because it has very little to do with barbering, but this is everything to do with me as a barber, which is just yep. connecting with my clients to the level that we have clearly connected. And so that's how I'm touting <laughs> this episode is how I'm going to push it. Um, Dude, even if everyone says, uh, what the fuck was that episode? That had nothing to do with the barber life. I, I don't care. He's just doing it. I'm happy just because it was mad fun. Oh, exactly. And I, and I think it'll be like that season of uh, Sopranos. You're like, what the f- what does it have to do with anything? <laughs> and then you realize it has to do with everything. Yeah. And, uh... Well, we're the kid reading the comic book in the Watchmen right now. <laughs> yeah. It gets deep. It gets deep. And uh, no, so that's good. So, yeah. Thanks for being on. Um, Pleasure. I'll see you tomorrow or Friday. Anytime. I'll see you Friday and <laughs> yeah. uh, throw my music on. And I can't wait to listen to this on the way to the shop. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm going to uh, – I got to go through all that stuff you sent me and figure out how to mix this properly so I can get a much better mix on it and, you know, add the pieces in. So that's what I'll be working on in about, I don't know, six to five hours. Yeah, I can wake <laughs> up at 5.30 myself. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Word, son. All right, man, well, yo, as always, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, JakeCutsFresh.com for anything more about what I do. Uh, questions should go to – jakecutsfresh at gmail.com and then Seth, why don't you tell them your SoundCloud uh, again so people can listen to some of your tasty treats. SoundCloud.com slash sgrace. Instagram sgrace1700 because I got like nine followers, people. uh, (laughs) That's all, man. Yeah, that's good. And then on that SoundCloud, it's sgrace, no spaces, right? No spaces. Yeah. So people got it. All right, cool, man. Well, yeah, I'll see you in a couple days, and I'll talk to you. All right, brother. Thank you again. All right, man. Peace. Peace.